Radio Curtain Network. Hey, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview. I'm Jeff Hartman, one of the three hosts here of the show. We're getting ready, geared up for week three, Sunday night football, another flipping primetime game. It means we're going to be up late. Nonetheless, joining me as always, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? Well, Jeff, Brian, I really hope that you all were ready to do a quite the memorable show because we have to do our part for Steelers Nation so they can remember the 21st night of September. Oh, yeah. I saw that on Twitter a bunch today. Uh, I did not see that. That's great. (laughs) Brian Davis, welcome to the show. Love it. I Love me some earth. Love me some wind. And I tell you what, I'm cool with fire, too, when you put them all together. Especially when you put the word Canada after it. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. All I'm going to say is, if you ask me how I'm doing this week, all I can say is, wow, disarray after a win. Gosh. Wow. Imagine if they lose that game. (laughs) What we're doing right now. Let's not. Let's not. That would not be good. Not be good for business. We would have lost the earth and the wind. Yeah. Nonetheless, this show is geared up to get you all, the listeners uh, or viewers, ready to go for the upcoming game. And this is a this is an interesting one. I listened to Dave Schofield's uh, Stat Geek podcast this morning, Thursday morning, where he outlined there's a lot of similarities between these two teams. Uh, but before we get into any of that, I do want to bring up some news. It's what everyone's talking about uh, tomorrow, Friday. At 7 a.m. on the FFSN NFL feed. You can find us anywhere we get your podcast just by searching FFSN NFL. Myself and Wesley Coleman did an opinion or fact on this. And it's how everyone's talking about whether Minka Fitzpatrick's hit that ended Nick Chubb's season, hopefully it's just his season, was dirty or not. And so you can hear my thoughts on that tomorrow on that podcast, but I want to get your all's take on it. Dave, what do you think? Well, I'll I'll agree with Brown safety. Is it Grant Delpit, who, in my opinion, was the best defender on the field for the Browns on Monday night? He did not think it was a dirty hit. It was what defenders have to try to do now in order to stop the offense in the NFL. Can't can't hit them too high. Then, and if you aim in the middle, you're probably going to get trucked. And Chubb had been trucking a lot of people. It was not that he was trying to take him out. He wasn't trying. I mean, we've seen people take out knees. We've seen, uh, I mean, year. I'm not saying in, in any recent time, but we've also had bounties and things like that. It, it was nothing like that. It was just, hey, trying to make a football play. And it just sucks that it happened. Brian, what's your take? Kimo von Olhoffen was definitely not a dirty player. Hmm. But man, Bengals fans for the longest time thought he was. Ryan Shazier was not a dirty player. But Bengals fans after that playoff game thought he was to the extent where they did not give him the treatment that their fans gave DeMar Hamlin. They did not give him the treatment that Pittsburgh fans gave Nick Chubb. And that was a situation when we were watching that and we were afraid for a man's life, you know? So when we're watching it and, uh, you know, I still get rankled when I think about how classy Cincinnati fans 
were said to have been in January when that happened with the Buffalo game. And I think back to that Pittsburgh fans, look, as soon as they heard it, they groaned. I'm sure your brother, Rich, Dave, Mm -hmm. can say, you know, how devastating it was to see. And everybody was talking in that game how great Nick Chubb is. And I'm one of those guys. I've always been a Nick Chubb guy. You've never, I've never heard any of us say anything bad about Nick Chubb, except for too bad he's on the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? This is, you don't really have time to think and, and you don't realize exactly where you're going when you're making that hit either this is a football play and all of these guys do it this is the unlucky hit that nick chubb took and it's a shame that he took it and we've seen pittsburgh pittsburgh players take that kind of hit we have seen so many different things it sucks when it happens I'm old enough to remember Joe Theismann on Monday Night Football, and they showed that replay over and over and over again, and it was sickening. It, re- it really was. As a 15-year-old, 14-year-old watching that, I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah, that, that's the narrative right now, especially with uh, Browns fans, and then you have some other, uh, other uh, media members coming out and saying that it's dirty. And then, look, memo to Ryan Clark. We don't need your help. Nobody needs your help if you're going to talk and say that. Because what you initially said was fantastic when you said, hey, we're all players. Doesn't matter the color of the jersey. It doesn't matter anything. You know, that's human beings. And then he said, no, it wasn't a dirty play. And I go, oh, yeah, no, I've meant to hurt people from time to time. don't, Don't say that kind of stuff. Look, those guys are warriors out there. Nobody has ever accused Minka Fitzpatrick of being dirty until it happens high profile on Monday night football. And when it happens there now, if that happened to a player that was, uh, that wasn't as highly regarded as the guy they were talking in a graphic about being in the hall of fame already being hall of fame worthy already, you know, it's not, he's not accused of being dirty here. But it's Nick Chubb. Mika Fitzpatrick was in front of the media today, and he said, look, he said, I had like a split-second decision on what I'm going to do. He said, anyone that's ever tried to tackle Nick Chubb high, it doesn't end well. So you have to go low if you want to try and keep this guy out of the end zone. Now, some people are saying that he was already tied up. I think it comes down to intent. I don't think that Mika Fitzpatrick was intending to somehow knock Nick Chubb, even if it was just out of the game, not to end his season. Let me bring up another player, and I want to think it, think about intent, like I just said. I'll say one player's name. You tell me, dirty or not. Heinz Ward. Dave. That one is <laughs> that was a lot more difficult than, than talking about this one. Um, Keith Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> the intent there. Was mm-hmm. to decapitate him. That was the intent. Yeah. So, what do you think, Dave? Hines intent. Well, here, hmm. <laughs> the thing with Hines is, how often do you have to have to make a quote unquote dirty move to be a dirty player? I'm sorry. When you talk about somebody like Avantes Burfik, he was he was playing dirty, probably more than fifty percent of the time. You know. But Heinz Ward, I don't know if it was that much. 
I, I would say people that made the argument for it, I'm not going to say that I could I could disprove the argument, but I'm not ready to go there myself. I that's one of those I'd rather just not touch. <laughs> Brian, what do you think? Heinz Ord. Absolutely not. Now, before I continue, is this exercise going to continue? Are we talking about other Pittsburgh? No, because like Vontez perfect. You can, <clears throat> I think we all know the answer to that. You could even go back to Jack Tatum. And I think we would all know the answer to that but one as well. Now uh, to, be objective, to be objective, to be objective though, um, Debo was more dirty than what Heinz Ward was. Yeah. And I'll even go as far to say, oh my gosh, this you is going to be so? sacrilege. How about, how about Peasy? <laughs> He was dirty. I, I'll. Yeah. This is real so, well, hold sacrilege on, hold on, when hold on. I say this. So, so with James Harrison, you're talking like the the Massaqua hit, the mm -hmm. Colt McCoy hit, right? You know, th those were like intent. What what else? When I say intent on his end, I think it was to knock him out of the game. I'm mm -hmm. not thinking to hurt him, but you know, they're uh, right. Yeah. So yeah, and that could be construed as, and I said dirty er. I'm well, not saying dirty. And this is where my sacrilege comes in. Watch the, remember I did all those uh, retro shows and all that stuff. Joe Green, man, he was trying to knock you out of the game and he had some crotch shots, some punches to the crotch, some dirty stuff there too. But he's a Steeler legend. I love him, but you know, call it like it is. Yeah, Joe Green was dirty too. A lot of these players have got to play to keep guys out of the end zone. They've got to play to make stops. If they knock players out, yeah, sometimes it happens. Am I saying that am I saying that it's intent to maim? No, absolutely not. But if you're defining dirty with Mika Fitzpatrick, he doesn't have a caseload against him. Heinz Ward was a guy that was playing aggressive. Debo was playing aggressive, but he was fine with knocking you out. Okay. I I think it comes down some of the times. There's there's a there's a key moment I think in NFL history when it comes to these things, and it's probably not what you think. It's Bounty Gate. It's how things were treated before Bounty Gate and after Bounty Gate, and the whole idea of of that. Those kind of things were actually what players were trying to do then. And, and it's just, it's really not the same anymore, I think. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, the Saints got busted for Bounty Gate. The, Ra the Ravens did it with the Steelers. Oh, yeah. They and had they, a bounty they on It was it. open. It was open. They, they were just bragged. open. Absolutely. And they didn't it, get touched. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, look, it, aggressive is a good term. I think it's, we're speaking the same language. If yeah. Heinz Ward got a shot, if he got an opportunity to take his shot, he was taking his shot. So when he cracked back and broke Keith Rivers' jaw, he saw an opportunity on Monday Night Football when Ed Reed wasn't looking and he blindsided him and then started calling for the trainers immediately. He saw his shot and he took it. The game was different then. I think we can all admit that. But at the same time, there's people, oh my gosh, Baltimore Ravens fans still say Heinz Ward is the dirtiest player to ever oh, yeah. wear an NFL no, jersey. It's not that. Oh, they, they hate though. him. They hate him. There's a Baltimore I mean, they... Sun poll like a couple years ago, 10 years <laughs> after he retired. They still hate Heinz oh, more yeah. than anybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. The question, okay. though, is let me ask you this real quick. Sure. If he wore purple, how much do we hate Heinz Ward? 
Oh, we would hate him. It's yeah. just like Vontez. And we call Bengals, him dirty. Bengals fans stuck up for Vontez perfect all those years when he was just cheap shot after cheap shot after low hit high is disgusting. I think Vontez perfect was one of the dirtiest players I've ever seen in my, in my life. I didn't see Joe green kicking people in the crotch, but I take, I, I know he did. So, okay, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about this upcoming game. Let's talk about the injury report first. Dave, you have what's going on Thursday between the Raiders and the Steelers? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. The Steelers, they ended up with eight players on their injury report on Wednesday, and it was the same eight today. So the good news is there was nobody new added. Hopefully there won't be anyone new added tomorrow. All eight yesterday were did not practice. Six of those eight returned today in some capacity. The two who did not practice were Gunnar O with the concussion, Two days of not practicing, he's out. He's done. I mean, we there's if you can't practice for two days, even a limited fashion, you are not coming back from. You might have been done anyways. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I mean, mean, this makes it easier for to have him inactive, and you don't have to to make a decision. Uh, But I mean, seriously, we we you want him to be healthy. You don't you don't want someone to have to deal with that. But the other one was Larry Ogunjobi, who didn't practice again. But. Larry Ogunjobi's been on the injury report every day, and he he did all right last uh, last Monday night. So we'll see how how that goes with with tomorrow. Other than that, the the, the players who were limited was Minka was back and limited. Marcus Golden, who was like, oh no, why is he not practicing? He was limited. Isaac Samalu. This one's interesting, not injury related, but they listed him as limited. And then Darnell Washington was limited, um, and then the ones who came back full were Demonte KZ and Patrick Peterson. Brian, what are your thoughts on the injury report? When I see number ninety-nine, Larry Ogunjobi, on an injury report, I don't oh. even i I don't even consider that. No, wait, hold on, Dave, because yeah. you can't come in on my joke here. Okay. Um, you, when I see him on the injury report, I don't even worry about it because on July fourth, hey, is Larry coming to the picnic? Well, he's he's questionable. We don't know if he's coming to the picnic. Um, he's on the 4th of July picnic injury list. That's just that's going to be Larry Ogunjobi for the rest of his Steeler can, career. But what happens? The guy shows up. As far as everybody else, you know, their bumps and bruises that we saw, you know, the fact that Minka Fitzpatrick says he's going to play, he says, I'm bruised, but I'm playing. That's, that's pretty much what you're looking here. I mean, seeing uh, seeing other guys on there, yeah, hope that they're okay. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like on Friday. Dave, what do you want to say? Yeah, uh, there was a change. The cut and paste component was the cut and paste component. So it wasn't my fault, but the Steelers did change to where Samalo was full. Um, yeah. So in other words, I read that, that on Let's Ride, and when you said he was limited, I was like, did I make a mistake? Because I read it. No, he was limited. He it I. Literally cut and paste it from the Steelers.com website. He was listed as limited. And he's in the group of players that were limited. Now he's full. But, yeah. Uh, cut and paste so component. I, the cut and paste component. But at least I can give you that update. Because that was okay. really curious. Why are you – if you're if your coach's decision, then you're going to be limited one day? Okay. So that, that does make more sense. Dave, what were your thoughts on the Steelers injury report? Um. It's all right now. It's really more about Larry O. Unless one of these limited guys have a has a setback, um, I, I expect them to be limited or full 
tomorrow. I, I wouldn't be shocked if everyone who was limited is full tomorrow and not even given an injury status. I would not be shocked if Larry O was even limited or full and not have an injury status, but Gunnar O is going to be out. So yeah. well, hopefully everything is going in the right direction, but you never know. Bad things can happen in practice. We saw that today with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that's a, that was a shame. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the Raiders real quick before we take a break. Oh, the Raiders injury report. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, of course we're going to talk about the Raiders. That's what the preview is. All right. So, so when it comes to the Raiders, they, um, they, they had a lot of players bouncing back as well. Uh, Devonte Adams wasn't even listed today. Um, on the report on Steelers.com. You know what? I better refresh the page because they changed stuff so much. I gotta. It could have happened in the last couple of minutes. Uh, the, he wasn't listed on the report according to Steelers.com. But you've got um, cornerback Jacorian Bennett with a hamstring was limited uh, for the second straight day. Linebacker Divine Diablo Ribs was, was full after being limited the day before. Same with safety Marcus Epps with a quad. He was full after being limited the day before. Uh, Jacoby Myers was moved to being full going through the concussion protocol. Full on Thursday probably means he's going to be all right, um, most likely. I mean, occasionally you can have something that, that goes crazy there, but that doesn't look to be like it's going to be the case. Defensive tackle Bilal Bilal Nichols with a hamstring and a hand was limited both days. Um, two sick players. Um, safety Chris Smith, the second illness, didn't practice Wednesday, was limited on Thursday. And defensive end Tyree Wilson didn't practice either day due to illness. Brian, any thoughts on the Raiders injury report? Muted, Brian. I was on another page. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> when I look at this entire thing, I think of Jacoby Myers, and it makes me nervous because that guy is a very good player. Uh, but you have some other guys like Jacorian Bennett and Divine Diablo. They're hitters on that defense. If those guys can't go, that, that kind of hurts that defense a whole heck of a lot. You know the Chandler Jones. He's not on the injury list, but he's on the uh, – the reserve not yeah. not playing list and that uh that dilutes this defense quite a bit but knowing that uh knowing that a guy that's not on the injury list but Devonte adams who uh went out in that game but you know he's uh back he's fine in practice knowing that he's healthy and knowing that uh jacoby myers is probably going to be playing there's a lot of firepower. And then when we talk more about this Raiders team, there's a guy that wasn't on the injury list, but a guy that uh, was good in the past as a wide receiver that's going to be very dangerous alongside those other two. So with those guys health healthy, the defensive backs have got to be on their horses. Dave, what are your thoughts? Anything? Yeah, I mean – if the guys that are concussed are going to be back to wide receivers, Brian knows more about this uh, Raiders team, especially, you know, getting ready to go out there and watch them and, and yeah. uh, having to produce some podcasts about the Raiders. I, I think he's heard a, a thing or two about them within the last, Oh, I don't know, five months. So yeah. uh, I, I will, I will yield to his knowledge about the subject. True. It's very true. So, okay, here's what's going to happen. We're going to take a quick break, our first break. And uh, when we come back, 
We'll be talking about keys to victory and we'll get into the nuts and bolts of this game. We'll be right back. All right, Steeler fans, we're back. Thank you for hanging in. And uh, let's talk about this game coming up Sunday night football. Dave, you had the numbers and obviously for your stat geek, but there's some similarities between these two teams. When you look at this, Dave, offensively, how do you think the Steelers should approach attacking this Raiders defense? And and what should, I know it's easy for us to say, well, just try to move the ball because they sucked the last two weeks. But if we're trying to put together a plan, what is it? Honestly, to me, this the Steelers offense is dealing with so many struggles. They've I don't think it's even about the nameless gray faces. I think they really have to focus on doing things. You've got to get your own stuff right before you can worry about what the other guy's doing. And yeah, I know part of the problem is they're not anticipating what the other guy's doing. I don't know that there's anything in particular that they should have that they should go into this with with a huge game plan to attack, other than to just go in and see if they can get a mix of what they're doing, be able to do, be able to run it, be able to pass it, various things like that, and and most importantly, get some friggin' push off the line of scrimmage. Uh, that's about all I can say. And I don't think that has as much to do with the team they're playing as it really does themselves. Yeah. What about you, Brian? What's the offensive approach for the Steelers? See, they thought they had an identity, Jeff and Dave, but they don't, they don't know what their identity is being questioned and it's not working. And, you know, there's the fire Canada chance, which they don't hear bull. Uh, there also, there's the, you know, Kenny Pickett is being doubted now, you know, and tell me he's, he's hearing that. So now you're starting to grip. So now you've got to get back to what do we need to do when Dave says, get some push up front. You definitely need to get that running game going to set up that passing game. You have got to go downfield find an opportunity to go downfield a little bit more. They did it more in week two, not a whole lot more, but a whole heck of a lot more than week one. So if you can go ahead and do that and spread the ball around, you have a guy named Pat Fryermuth. Use him. You have Connor Hayward. Connor Hayward is going to be nobody's guy on the screen in all 22 saying, oh yeah, we've got to make sure we got to be on him. And guess what? He's going to fool you. He's going to make you pay if you go towards him. Mix things up. Deontay Johnson being out hurts, but no, you have Calvin Austin the third. You know he knows how to catch the football. You have George Pickens, who is the most dynamic player on this team. And we've seen it, and I'm saving more about George Pickens for my final thoughts. And you have guys like Fryermuth and Hayward, and you have continue throwing the ball as an outlet to Jalen Warren. You have so many weapons. Use them and use them smart. Stop being predictable, but try to set up that running game. If you get some push up front, but Maybe start with the running game. Maybe start with it, but don't start too much. Just be smart. Mix it up. Again, don't go formula. In fact, scripted plays right now 
for the Pittsburgh Steelers are more dangerous. I would rather them think it on the fly and get a feel from the first couple from the first couple plays to see what kind of look they're getting because sticking with a script doesn't work for them right now with Matt Canada because he is not innovative enough. He is very myopic. He can only think of one thing. And when you can't go out, think outside the box and you can't adjust on the fly, you are really screwed in the national football league in 2023. Dave, what were you going to say? Yeah, I, I didn't have the numbers right in front of me um, that I had talked about on Stat Geek, but once I once I brought them back up, the one thing where I said about really being able to get some push, this is a team that is that they're going up against a defense that is averaging. It's only two games, remember that only two games, but they're giving up 138 and a half yards per game on the ground. 4.9 yards per carry average is what the Raiders are surrendering. So this is not the same front and the same stout run defense that the Steelers have seen through two weeks. So it's it's a good opportunity. But when Brian said about forget the scripted plays, this is what I would like. Let's say you let's say you script 20 plays. Take those plays, cut them up into little strips, throw them into a hat. All right, here we go. First play, pull one out of the hat because the order of what you do and stuff is so predictable. The best way to do it is to have it be completely random. Can't get any worse, right? Yeah. I mean, at this point, there's a, no, a video if it's that, if it's yeah. third and eight, don't don't call a quarterback sneak. Right. But I don't think yeah. that's a scripted play anyway. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, you never know. There, there are some plays circulating Twitter, like just some random gifts that just obviously go in a loop. And uh, the people are just saying, watch a different player on every every time you watch this play, and you will see. Someone in the live chat said literally is like there's a lack of attention to detail. Mm-hmm. You see so many missed assignments, missed blocks. And it wasn't as if the defender made this unbelievable swim move or something like that. And they whiff because of that. It, it, it's atrocious. And Najee Harris somehow, some way actually gained a yard on the play. And then there was one play where Pat Fryermuth is supposed to seal the edge. And he, I guess he goes to cut the defender it looks like he just falls over and the guy just runs right around him and ends up tra- chasing down the back from the backside and makes a tackle for loss. Some of these little things, like it's easy for us to say, like you got to, you got to establish the run. Yeah, you have to, you also have to try and block a little bit better up front for the yeah. running backs. It, it's, it's not an yes. And then you get talking about how they load the box and there's more defenders than there are, you know, people to block and all that good stuff. And yes, it, it's, it's a mess. It is a mess right now. But the Steelers have to have some type of identity. They have none right now. Uh, Brian mentioned that. I agree 100%. Let's go to the side of the football we actually enjoy talking about right now, and that's defense. When you talk about the defense going up against Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams, Dave, what are you going to do here? How are you going to try and deal with all that and Josh Jacobs? Don't give a quarterback time to throw. That's your strength. Okay. Just get after him. Go get him make them have to keep eligibles in to help because then that's less eligibles running around for passes in the secondary, which then makes the ones that are out there easier to cover. Interesting fact. I had Hondo Carpenter on my let's ride podcast for tomorrow, Friday. You can all check it that out on our audio side. And I didn't know this. The, the Raiders have not given up a sack yet this season. They have not. They've not surrendered a single sack. So 
That's interesting. Brian, what about you? What do you think? Raiders Nation right now, they are they are very similar to Steeler fans. They were completely demoralized after last week's game, that 38 to 10 loss to Buffalo. But also they knew that they escaped against Denver. They knew that uh Denver kind of screwed up in that game as well. And Denver did not play smart and they kind of got out of the mile high city with a win, but uh, you know, they had a little bit of luck on their side there. So right now, after that loss coming fresh off that loss there, they kind of feel like, like I said, demoralized, they kind of feel like here we go again. And this isn't good. And they're, they're pointing at a lot of things right now. The, the Josh McDaniels um, watch for their fans are on. So it's the same as what you're seeing here. Fire Tomlin, fire, fire uh, Canada. You're seeing right now fire McDaniels. And that's, that's one of those things. So it's very similar what's going on there. But when I think of the offense, it's kind of a tough one to stop. Jimmy Garoppolo is one of those guys that he's just steady and he does not have to be flashy or do anything, but he could hurt you. We saw how they did against him three, uh, was it three years ago or four years ago now when uh, that it was Minka Fitzpatrick's first game. So I guess it was 2019, four years ago. And they, uh, they actually played very well against a very good 49ers offense there. This is another really good offense. Josh Jacobs is one of the better players in the league. Is he Nick Chubb? No, but he he was the leading rusher last year. He's very solid. You've got to pay attention to that guy. And of course, we already talked about how dangerous Devontae Adams can be, how dangerous Jacoby Myers can be. But there's a guy that's only had a couple targets that scares the bejeebers out of me, and it's Hunter Renfro. They are kind of down on Hunter Renfro right now on why does he only have two targets? Why are you hardly throwing to this guy? What's wrong? This is the kind of game that frightens me because this is where a guy comes alive. Those kind of smaller players against the Steelers defense have done a whole lot better over the years than your big guys. So in a way, I'm kind of more worried about a Hunter Renfro or a Jacoby Myers than I am Devontae Adams because they seem to play against those bigger guys a whole lot better and let those little guys victimize them. And Knight Rider 16 says Jacoby Myers catches everything. Yes, he does. Hunter Renfro is pretty reliable as well, but they don't have Darren Waller. And they do have a prize rookie tight end. But those receivers, if you can go ahead and solve them, you're going to be a whole lot better to slow them down. And you've also got to be able to bottle up Josh Jacobs. And I don't know how easy that absolutely is. I'm still having flashbacks to 2021. It was week two in Pittsburgh. I don't know, if Dave, were you at that game or not? But that, that Raiders game, I believe it was two years ago, where they had a lot of trouble with this offense, and it was Josh Jacobs that gave them a lot of fits. Now, the only Raiders – I've been to a Raiders game in Pittsburgh, but uh, it was 
much earlier than that. That was the um, it, w- it was finished off by Landry Jones, and it was the oh. long and it was the long run where they were up a bunch, and then the Raiders came back and they had thirty eight thirty five. I think they had the long play down to kick the field goal at the end, the catch and run. Yep, that's the only one I've been at. But no, I wasn't yeah. the other one. <laughs> all all good stuff. Do you all buy into the last question here before we get to predictions and over under and stuff? Do you all buy into the Raiders West Coast thing now that they're in Vegas? I know Dave talked about this on. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Oh, <laughs> uh, uses your trivia? No, not no, not exactly. But no, but I mean, not exactly. Somewhat, but yeah, not about the so, Steelers though. I, I they've I'm never been to Vegas. About... They've never been to Vegas. Right. So I'm not. Well, I'm were, not they, counting issues, that against. Them. I guess my question is: Were the do you think the West Coast issues were more with Ben or something else? Well, that's what I'm hoping too. That's why I brought up this is a different team and yeah. and this is a different location. So it's really hard to say that oh, it's going to definitely be bad or good or whatever. I'm I'm hoping hey, they should they should look at this one as yes, they're going west, but it's a clean slate because they didn't go west at all last year, did they? No, because no, they were their furthest trip was what Miami. Um, so that this is the the first time with. Out Ben Roethlisberger being in the picture. I mean, obviously there were they were um, they played in San Francisco the first game without Ben. That's the, like like you said, that's the only time Jimmy G's faced the Steelers. Uh, someone asked that in the, in the live chat. Um, that's the only game. So I'm not sold on that 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 should be a huge factor because I don't want it to start a trend. I have a feel it, it's the perfect opportunity for that to not be an issue. Brian, what about you? You know, I consider Vegas a lot in the manner that I consider Denver. I, uh, you know, that is uh, your far Midwest. I also consider it a lot like Arizona as well, because I don't consider Arizona a West Coast team as much as I would, you know, when they played in San Diego. Um, now the two Los Angeles teams, even uh, Seattle and San Francisco. So playing out there, but I, it's out West. It's a different time zone. So, yeah, you know what? I, I kind of group that all into it. It's not as far west, but it's still west enough. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, obviously, I guess we'll talk about this a little bit more later. No, no, uh, no. <laughs> Just another factor in there. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah, talk. it's okay. All right. And so, again, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk over-under. We're going to give our <laughs> predictions, and then we'll dive into trivia. We'll be right back. All right, Steeler fans, it's time for my favorite part of the show. It's time for Over Under, where we play a little game every week, see who can try and project how the Steelers do individually and as a team. Dave, do you have the updated standings there? No. Did you want them overall, or did you just want last week's? Well, we can do both, can't we? Yeah. Okay, well, now, so I just got to add them up. Brian, how how many did you have going into last week? You had had probably one. No, you had two the week before, and Brian has now has a total of two. <laughs> Jeff, you were at three. You now have a grand total of four. Yeah. I was at two, and I now have a grand total of six. I oh, got four wow. out of the five, right? You got, oh, Dave, I hate to see what your prediction is going to be with all these terrible over-unders. The only one I missed was the one we all had the same, and that was George Pickens under 65 and a half. Yeah. But because you know, I had I had TJ Watt under on two and a half sacks. I had 
Kenny Pickett still never thrown two touchdown passes. So I had I had that under. You guys had the overs. And Calvin Austin only had one reception. So that was the other one. And then the takeaways, the Steelers. Jeff and I, we, we had that one right, that the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, they went a little bit over the, the one and a half, um, <laughs> So uh, which was really, really nice. So Absolutely. that was the results yeah. from last week. All right, y'all ready? We're gonna do five again this week. All right, I gotta find it. Right, we're gonna spot start to with the individual down. players and then we'll bleed our way into the team stuff. So individual players, Kenny Pickett total passing yards. Total passing yards. I've got the over under set at two oh five. Brian, we'll start with you this week. Okay. Every time I give Kenny the benefit of the doubt, it doesn't go well, but yeah, over. <laughs> Dave. 205 is a is is a pretty good night. He was over that last week, wasn't he? I had a bet where I had Kenny with the over and Deshaun Watson with the under and and everything. Now, these are Kenny Pickett passers. This isn't net, right? So we're not taking off sacks. Not taking off okay. sacks. For that reason, I'm gonna go over. I think he can go over uh, 205. All right. We're all three taking the over there okay. at 205. Let's go to Calvin Austin, the third rece- receptions. So receptions, and I, I'm keeping this actually the same line, I believe. Yeah, we're going four and a half again. We're going four and a half receptions. Calvin Austin, the third. Brian, what do you got? I'm going to go under this time. Okay, Dave? Yeah, now Brian and I are being all agreeing and everything. I, I think he could get four. I don't know. I could see him getting a lot of yards, but not many catches because he could maybe break something, but I don't know that they're just going to constantly feed him the ball. So I'm going to say Give under well. me the over. I think he's going to be targeted more than we think. Okay, let's go with Pittsburgh Steelers sacks. There's a sacks of a Raiders quarterback, not those that are surrendered. And we're saying two and a half. I have to keep it low based on the fact that the Raiders haven't even surrendered a sack yet this season. Brian, what do you think? Over. I don't care. I don't care about that fact. It's you know what the uh, every single team that played the San Francisco 49ers the week before lost the next week. Well, that didn't happen. So, you know, it's they're going to give up sacks. You've got TJ Watt. You've got Alex Highsmith. You're going to get sacked. Boom. All right. Dave. Brian, I here's what's interesting. I'd write down my response before you give your answer. I also had over, so we, you and I are, are agreeing twice. I think they can get uh, get three. If they don't, I think they're in trouble. I think it's a, a big key to their success. I'm taking the over, and I'm going to call it right now that Mr. Herbig gets his first NFL sack. He would have had it last week, but a face mask got in the way. Yeah. So, okay, let's go to the next one. Pittsburgh Steelers turnovers. They have yet to have a clean slate game where they haven't turned the ball over. I've got the line at one and a half. Ah. Brian, what do you think? I am going to go with the over. Oh, Dave. Yeah, I I was hoping I would be the opposite of Brian this time. I'm going to go a little bit more uh, optimistic of them. For some reason, I, I feel like on the road, you could even see a little bit more caution. They might try to be a little more cautious uh, because turnovers are bad at home. They're even worse on the road. So I'm going to go under. I, too, am going under. I think that, if anything, we're going to see the Steelers revert back to their shell 
offensively like they did in the second half last year and just say, look, don't F it up. And so we might see a lot of that type of play. So I'm going to take the under. And the last one, the Steelers have been taking the ball away at a very nice clip coming off of four against the Browns on Monday night. I have this tampered tempered a little bit. Uh, one and a half Steelers takeaways. One and a half, Brian, over under. Yeah, I could see two. Over. Okay. Dave? Uh, just like that. One and a half, just like last week, I'm going over again. I will take over as well. I think there. this is a, a good trend. Uh, that is started for the Steelers, and I think we'll take the over there. All right, good we, game. we agreed yeah. on three of the five, all three of us, and all of them were in the over. That's good. Well, I hope. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Not, all right. Hey, it's only good if we're right, correct? That's true. That is correct. Okay, now uh, we here at the Steel Curtain Network and several other uh, people at Fans First Sports Network are sponsored by My Bookie. And the current line on my bookie has the Steelers getting two and a half points. They've been underdogs in every single game this year. It's the first road trip. So the Steelers are getting two and a half on the road. And the over-under is set at 43 points. It is prediction time, gentlemen. Dave, I'm going to let you go first. And oh, what is your I prediction? Get, How do you I see get this? I get to go first. Out? I get to go first. Okay. So hold hold on. So it was... It was the Steelers or are two and a they're plus two and a half. Steelers plus two and a half over under 43. Even. 43. 43.0, right? Yep. Oh, so there could be the push. Well, here's what I'm thinking. Uh still don't have a lot of faith faith in this offense. Offense scored technically 12 points last week because they went for two and didn't get it, or else it would have been a 13. I think the Steelers are going to put about put up maybe maybe they'll get that extra point this week. But I think they're going to get another uh, another non-traditional score. This time I think it might come in the in, in the punt game. Uh with with the return there. So I'm not cuz I don't know that I trust the offense to score more than 13 points. But for some reason I just don't know why I have I have the Steelers 20 to 16. So that would be the under Okay. Brian, what about you? All right. So we are going to go back into the bad files here, and we're going to go back to the year 2005 when one Brian Anthony Davis spent way too much money on a ticket to go see the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football in San Diego. This was a, this was the famous Debo jumping over LaDainian Tomlinson game. This was uh, a very exciting game where they won on a last-second field goal, being down 22-21. to I'm going with that same score since I am going to be in stadium. I am going to be there, and I'm going to say 24-22. to So let's take the over, and Chris Boswell gets it at the gun, just like Skippy Reed did all those years ago. Wasn't that the game that Ben got rolled up on, left yeah. the game? Very late in that game. Yeah. yeah. Didn't Schwarzenegger come out before that and give like a rousing, go Chargers, go. Yeah. <laughs> and that is, that is, I've told you the story about, it was 75% Steeler fans. It yeah. was the first Monday night football game in nine years because of like mudslides canceled one a couple of years before. And this uh, young lady, she was in the PR department and I, I've watched this again. It's funny. They had a drill sergeant or somebody from the military going, are you ready? Because it's Monday Night Football. 
And so she comes out and goes, okay, Sergeant Mike or so ever is going to come out and he is going to say, are you ready? And you're going to wave your towels. And they gave us this little washcloth sponsored by Pepsi that said 100% chance of lightning. I still have that. And as soon as she said, <laughs> wave your white towels, the Steeler Nation went crazy with a here we go Steeler chant. Here we go. And she stuttered and said, come on, guys, we're in San Diego. And Steeler fans <laughs> smell blood. And you know what they did? They got even louder. And she just walked away. And it, it was great. Yeah. So I didn't see Schwarzenegger because he was in the booth. So he really didn't say anything uh, to the, the fans. But he was the governor at the time, also the governator, I guess. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was that was a big night there. And uh, Skippy Reed got him in the end. Everybody went home sad. That was wearing blue. That was a good game. I remember that game. So I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. And I had my prediction already recorded um, for Let's Ride tomorrow morning. So I didn't. Dave's didn't get me at all. I think it's going to be a little bit more traditional. I see this as an under game. I think the Steelers find a way to win. I, I actually have gone back and I've thought about the game, watched a little bit of the Monday night game. And while it was tough to watch, there were some signs of life. Like here or there, there are some signs of life. There's a little, there's a little blip on the EKG. Like, oh my gosh, we have a pulse. And if they could just keep trending in the right direction, then maybe there's hope. But I think they score 20 points. I think the Steelers win 20 to 17. And they oh, have real close. Yeah, real close. So 20 <laughs> to 17 is my final score. They win their second game. They stack wins and then they get ready for a road trip to Houston in week four. So we all three have them winning this week. Last week, I was going to pick the Steelers. We'll see how it goes. Still, still don't have a lot of confidence in the offense, but no, no of course not. But I mean, honestly, I mean, rightfully so. Rightfully I, so. I go into more in depth of analysis on my prediction on Let's Ride. And I talk about how I think there's going to be some defensive takeaways that set up the Steelers' offense for success. Yeah. I'm not saying they score points like they did on Monday night. I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I'm feeling like a, like a punt return is going to do something. Maybe, maybe. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't that's know. That's my bold. That's not really that bold. Um, sure, it is. They haven't had an in, uh, they haven't had a punt return for a touchdown since 2019. Yeah, that's a bold prediction. So, okay, trivia wise, Brian, do you have one? Absolutely, I do, and it is okay. a bizarre one. You know, so I did this last week, and I'm going to do it again this week, and it's uh, a lot less. But my trivia question last week was, hey, Browns and Steeler quarterbacks, that uh, they threw the ball for both teams. No Jake Shiner this week. Jeff, it's a spoiler. And it's really interesting because Jeff usually, he's in his head right now. He's saying, look, I'm out because, you know, it's too long ago. You're going to bring up like a guy that I've never heard of. Actually, this has happened in all in the 2000s. So I am bringing up three guys here. And I believe this to be correct. Three players in the 2000s that have played for both or have been on rosters for both the Raiders and the Steelers, black and silver, black and gold. Who are those three? Bruce Quarterbacks, correct? Bruce quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Yes. Okay, uh, Landry Jones. Yes, because he Good was job. there with AB, right? <laughs> this <laughs> last one. This last one. Actually, I'm going to give you a hint, and the hint's not very good, but the hint was 
He was. He's never been in your kitchen. No, sir. He he has never been in my kitchen, but I, I would love to have him in my kitchen. But he has something to do with Steelers lore and one of the Raiders minority owners. Hmm. This is another Brian Hoyer. No, it's not Brian. Was it, wait, wait, was Brian can, Hoyer ever on the? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, not that I know of. He's um, on every single team. Can but... can can I ask a question? Yes. Did this quarterback start for either team? I don't know if he ever had a start for either team. Okay, but he was a backup. And remember, um, think about one of the Raiders minority owners. And I don't think about the, the fact that this guy was. Owners was drafted before and instead of him. Oh, you're talking to all oh, then it's got to be T Martin. It is T. Did Martin. he play for the Raiders? Yes. Yeah, I, didn't I didn't know, know that. that. I didn't know yeah. I looked this up. I didn't know that either. But no, yeah, when you said my I forgot about Tom Brady. Uh, technically that sale hasn't gone through yet, right? Um not official now. But but uh but yeah I forgot about that because yeah the Steelers with Colbert drafted T Martin ahead of Tom Brady. That that was a good hint Brian actually. All right. There you go. Good That's stuff. my triv. Dave, what's your triv? Okay, so we talked a little bit about the Steelers and their struggles going out west and everything, but we have to remember they've never played in Vegas. So I actually have a couple little things. It's kind of trivia. It's almost as much little fun facts, little nuggets that just didn't get discovered in time for Stat Geek. But uh, the Las Vegas Raiders – became the Las Vegas Raiders playing their games there in 2020. They have in all 25 games played in Las Vegas. Out of how out of those 25 games, how many wins do they have? Can you say that again, Dave, please? Since 2000, the Raiders when Raiders moved to Vegas, they have now played 25 games in Las Vegas in that stadium. Okay. How many wins do the do the Raiders have in in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas of those twenty five games? I'm gonna say eleven. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna up and I'm gonna go thirteen. I almost just cut you off and say, yeah, you don't need to. Jeff won the hundred bucks. He hit it right oh, on. Wow. They are eleven and fourteen. They're 11 and 14. Now, in that same time period, they're 14 and 14 on the road. That's including playoffs. So the Raiders don't even play as well in Vegas as they do other places, which is interesting. But when I looked that up, I also found another thing that was interesting. They have 25%, six six of the 25 games, almost 25%. In that stadium, have gone to overtime. The Raiders are three and three in overtime, and I'm like, that's a that's really. I think that's kind of high. How many games at Heinz Field do you think Heinz Field slash Acrisure Stadium has has ever gone to overtime since 2001 when it opened? Well, I will tell you this. I have been at both ties 
the Atlanta mm-hmm. Falcons in 2002 and in 2021. The you were at the Browns game? Oh no, wait, the Brown that was in that was in Cleveland. Wasn't it? Well, then there was the Lions tie too. That was the Lions tie. Yeah, you I was were sitting the, in my seats. Yeah, I was at the Lions <laughs> and I was at the Falcons. Yeah. In, 2002 yeah um so i was i was at two i've been at two ties yeah i uh so this wasn't ties this is how many overtimes well yeah they have that, to go to overtime overtimes yeah. yeah so let's say i'm gonna I was, guess nine i was gonna oh. go eight before jeff said nine I don't well been that many there's been a lot of games there it's actually 13 which still mm. isn't very much that's 6.7 percent but just to put that in perspective, I looked up how many overtime games there have been regular season, postseason, since 2000, since the Raiders moved to Vegas. And that's been 56 out of 870. So that's only 6.4%. So don't be shocked if it's an overtime game on Sunday night because that kind of seems to be a trend going on in Vegas. Okay. Hey, 2017 Boswell nails a field goal to win it. There you go. I'll take it. Okay, let's go with uh, final thoughts. Brian, go ahead. All right. So something that has been, this is my new word, by the way, rankling me. And uh, so I'm rankled. And this, we have heard so many negative things coming out this week. But one of the stupidest things that I have heard in the longest time coming out of Pittsburgh media or speculation or social media, I don't know what it is, but... It's that the Steelers are intentionally not targeting George Pickens to keep his price down so they don't lose him in free agency. If you haven't heard that, I have read that a few times, and I think it is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. (laughs) Um, Absolutely ridiculous. Now, I will say this to anybody. Get 10 targets. 10 targets against the Cleveland Browns. Now, how many did he pull down? Was it three? Was it five? I, I can't remember. Four. Four? But those there were 10 targets in that game. So with that being said, oh, yes, it was Florio that said that. <sighs> it, I was going to say, what idiot said that? But they, It, it was <laughs> Florio. And so for me, are, are you even paying attention? So that's not keeping targets down. No, they want to get the ball to him. They're trying to get the ball to them. They are not able to get the ball to him right now. But that is, the, like I said, bizarre. Um, I lose respect for you when I hear something like that. The last thing I'm going to say is, uh, yes, uh, we talked about it the other day. I am going to the game. I will be there at Allegiant Stadium. And it'll be 5 o'clock there when – time so i am going to uh i have no plans but just to uh if there's steel network steel curtain network fans steeler nation i want to hang out with you so if you're there let me know my twitter handle is up on the screen again it i will go ahead i'm going to do my best to do a little check-in on youtube as well so i'll try to do some stuff like that but I would absolutely love to see anybody that bleeds black and gold and hang out with y'all. It is going to be just a once in a lifetime thing for me. And you guys make this possible for all of us, the three of us on here. And I would just love a high five, a fist bump, and just uh, say hello to anybody that is a part of our Steel Curtain Network family. And it's all of you in the live chat, 
all of you driving your cars right now. I think a lot of people are planning on going to this game. There's going to be a lot of black and gold. Please look me up. You wearing black and gold? I will be wearing black and gold now. All right. All right. Dave, final thoughts. Go ahead. Well, Brian, l- listen to that. Come on. You, you got to realize you can't really trust any take like that coming out of someone from that came from Wheeling. So um, just, <laughs> just, 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 oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Because no, no, it isn't I'm... Florio from Wheeling. Is that what it is? Well, yeah. Well, he, he was there from the for a time. He's more of Clarksburg. But, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Sorry. I just did it in Clarksburg. Wait a second. <laughs> he did go to Wheeling Central Catholic. Which okay. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Just, just, just had to put that out there. Sorry about that, Jeff. But anyway. Well, when Big Bro Sco and I talked about this game way back when the schedule came out, remember we take the approach of what would be a great game to, to go to as 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 a, a Steelers fan. This one was this one, or I think it was Seattle might have been the other one, were, were the two main road games. With to me, I thought this is this was the road game to go to out of all road games. I mean, my goodness, go to Vegas before they moved to Vegas. My I, I had an idea of the NFL expanding to 17 games, not having an odd, a different number of home and away games, and having every team play a game on a neutral site. And I said Las Vegas would be a great place to play a different NFL game every weekend because people will go there to watch it. So, but instead, they just put a team there in that. But that's what's going to happen. People are going to go there to watch it. I expect to see a lot more gold than silver, maybe not more, but I. A lot. I really do. But the Steelers offense, they've got to be taking steps forward. We can't just sit back and see the same same old la-di-da, this is awful. Now, you could put that on, could Kenny Pickett be more accurate? Yes, he could. Could the offensive scheme and play calling be, be better? Yes, it could. But for me this week, what I want to see the Steelers take a step is I want to see this offensive line start coming together and – do something against their opponent that maybe this – I mean, yes, you've got Crosby on the team, but this is not the Browns' defensive front. This is not the 49ers' defensive front. The off, this is a time where the offensive line needs to start taking a step forward in the right direction. I don't expect them to be perfect, but come on, make that leap. That'll give the offense a chance to do some more. That's what I want to see. Sunday night, let's get it done. Could have said it better myself. Good job, gentlemen. Uh, we'll be back next week for another Steelers preview. Brian, will you be back with us or no? I can't remember. I will not, but I could always uh <laughs> I'm I'm a game time decision. Let's put it that way. Okay. But I, I would think at this point, no. Okay, you'll definitely see Dave and myself on the post-game show. You might see a little uh impromptu pop in from Brian on the road at the stadium, which will be pretty cool. So you'll hear from him. Uh, but make sure you check us out on all our audio platform, not just our shows that are uh, simulcast on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, but also like Dave Schofield's Stat Geek, My Let's Ride, Brian's Bad Language. Check them all out wherever you get your podcast by searching Steel Curtain Network or just Steelers. Good show, gentlemen. As always, take it easy. Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. See you next week. Everybody else gets a little tight.